0: SECTION 19 OF SNOWDROP AND OTHER TALES This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Ginger Cucullow SNOWDROP AND OTHER TALES BY JACOB AND WILHELM GRIMM THE GOOSE GIRL There was once an old queen whose husband had been dead for many years, and she had a very beautiful daughter. When she grew up she was betrothed to a prince in a distant country when the time came for the maiden to be sent into this distant country to be married the old queen packed up quantities of clothes and jewels gold and silver cups and ornaments and in fact everything suitable to a royal outfit for she loved her daughter very dearly she also sent a waiting woman to travel with her and to put her hand into that of the bridegroom they each had a horse THE PRINCESS'S HORSE WAS CALLED FALADA, AND IT COULD SPEAK. WHEN THE HOUR OF DEPARTURE CAME, THE OLD QUEEN WENT TO HER BEDROOM, AND WITH A SHARP LITTLE KNIFE CUT HER FINGER AND MADE IT BLEED. THEN SHE HELD A PIECE OF WHITE CAMBRIC UNDER IT, AND LET THREE DROPS OF BLOOD FALL ONTO IT. THIS CAMBRIC SHE GAVE TO HER DAUGHTER, AND SAID, DEAR CHILD, TAKE GOOD CARE OF THIS. IT WILL STAND YOU IN GOOD STEED ON THE JOURNEY. THEY THEN BADE EACH OTHER A SORROWFUL farewell. The princess hid the piece of cambric in her bosom, mounted her horse, and set out to her bridegroom's country. When they had ridden for a time, the princess became very thirsty, and said to the waiting woman, Get down and fetch me some water in my cup from the stream. I must have something to drink. If you are thirsty, said the waiting woman, dismount yourself. Lie down by the water and drink. I don't choose to be your servant so in her great thirst the princess dismounted and stooped down to the stream and drank as she might not have her golden cup the poor princess said alas and the drops of blood answered if your mother knew this it would break her heart the royal bride was humble so she said nothing but mounted her horse again then they rode several miles further but the day was warm the sun was scorching and the princess was soon thirsty again when they reached a river she called out again to her waiting-woman get down and give me some water in my golden cup she had forgotten all about the rude words which had been said to her but the waiting-woman answered more haughtily than ever if you want to drink get the water for yourself i won't be your servant being very thirsty the princess dismounted and knelt by the flowing water she cried and said ah me and the drops of blood answered if your mother knew this, it would break her heart. While she stooped over the water to drink, the piece of cambric with the drops of blood on it fell out of her bosom and floated away on the stream. But she never noted this in her great fear. The waiting woman, however, had seen it, and rejoiced at getting more power over the bride, who, by losing the drops of blood, had become weak and powerless. Now, when she was about to mount her horse for Leda again, the waiting woman said, by rights, Felata belongs to me. This jade will do for you. The poor little princess was obliged to give way. Then the waiting woman, in a harsh voice, ordered her to take off her royal robes and to put on her own mean garments. Finally, she forced her to swear before heaven that she would not tell a creature at the court what had taken place. Had she not taken the oath, she would have been killed on the spot. But Felata saw all this and marked it. The waiting woman then mounted Felata and put the real bride on her poor jade, and they continued their journey. There was great rejoicing when they arrived at the castle. The prince hurried towards them and lifted the waiting woman from her horse, thinking she was his bride. She was led upstairs, but the real princess had to stay below. The old king looked out of the window and saw the delicate, pretty little creature standing in the courtyard so he went to the bridal apartments and asked the bride about her companion who was left standing in the courtyard and wished to know who she was i picked her up on the way and brought her with me for company give the girl something to do to keep her from idling but the old king had no work for her and could not think of anything at last he said i have a little lad who looks after the geese she may help him the boy was called little conrad and the real bride was sent with him to look after the geese soon after the false bride said to the prince dear husband i pray you do me a favour he answered that i will gladly well then let the knacker be called to cut off the head of the horse i rode it angered me on the way really she was afraid that the horse would speak and tell of her treatment of the princess so it was settled and the faithful phileta had to die when this came to the ear of the real princess she promised the knacker a piece of gold if he would do her slight service there was a great dark gateway to the town through which she had to pass every morning and evening would he nail up Philada's head in this gateway so that she might see him as she passed the knacker promised to do as she wished and when the horse's head was cut off he hung it up in the dark gateway in the early morning when she and conrad went through the gateway she said in passing alas dear Filada, here thou hangest and the head answered alas queen's daughter there thou gangest if thy mother knew thy fate her heart would break with grief so great then they passed on out of the town right into the fields with the geese when they reached the meadow the princess sat down on the grass and let down her hair it shone like pure gold and when little conrad saw it he was so delighted that he wanted to pluck some out but she said blow blow little breeze and conrad's hat seize let him join in the chase while away it is whirled till my tresses are curled and i rest in my place then a strong wind sprang up which blew away conrad's hat right over the fields and he had to run after it when he came back she had finished combing her hair and it was all put up again so he could not get a single hair this made him very sulky and he would not say another word to her and they tended the geese till evening when they went home next morning when they passed under the gateway the princess said alas dear phileta there thou hangest phileta answered alas queen's daughter there thou gangest if thy mother knew thy fate her heart would break with grief so great again when they reached the meadows the princess undid her hair and began combing it conrad ran to pluck some out but she said quickly blow blow little breeze and conrad's hat seized let him join in the chase while away it is whirled till my tresses are curled and i rest in my place the wind sprang up and blew conrad's hat far away over the fields and he had to run after it when he came back the hare was all put up again and he could not pull a single hare out and they tended the geese till the evening when they got home conrad went to the old king and said I WON'T TEND THE GEESE WITH THAT MAIDEN AGAIN. WHY NOT? ASKED THE KING. OH, SHE VEXES ME EVERY DAY. THE OLD KING THEN ORDERED HIM TO SAY WHAT SHE DID TO VEX HIM. CONRAD SAID, IN THE MORNING, WHEN WE PASS UNDER THE DARK GATEWAY WITH THE GEESE, SHE TALKS TO A HORSE'S HEAD, WHICH IS HUNG UP ON THE WALL. SHE SAYS, ALAS, Philada THERE THOU hangest. AND THE HEAD ANSWERS, ALAS, QUEEN'S DAUGHTER, THERE THOU GANGEST. IF THY MOTHER KNEW THY FATE, HER HEART WOULD BREAK WITH GRIEF SO GREAT. Then Conrad went on to tell the king all that happened in the meadow, and how he had to run after his hat in the wind. The old king ordered Conrad to go out next day as usual. Then he placed himself behind the dark gateway, and heard the princess speaking to Filada's head. He also followed her into the field, and hid himself behind a bush, and with his own eyes he saw the goose girl and the lad come driving the geese into the field. Then, after a time, he saw the girl let down her hair, which glittered in the sun. Directly after this, she said, Blow, blow, little breeze, and Conrad's hat seize! Let him join in the chase, while away it is whirled, till my tresses are curled, and I rest in my place. Then came a puff of wind, which carried off Conrad's hat, and he had to run after it while he was away the maiden combed and did up her hair and all this the old king observed thereupon he went away unnoticed and in the evening when the goose-girl came home he called her aside and asked why she did all these things that i may not tell you nor may i tell any human creature for i have sworn it under the open sky because if i had not done so i should have lost my life he pressed her sorely and gave her no peace, but he could get nothing out of her. Then he said, If you won't tell me, then tell your sorrows to the iron stove there, and he went away. She crept up to the stove and began to weep and lament, unburdened her heart to it, and said, Here I am, forsaken by all the world, and yet I am a princess. A false waiting woman brought me to such a pass that I had to take off my royal robes. Then she took my place with my bridegroom, while I have to do mean service as a goose-girl. If my mother knew it, she would break her heart. The old king stood outside by the pipes of the stove and heard all that she said. Then he came back and told her to go away from the stove. He caused royal robes to be put upon her, and her beauty was a marvel. The old king called his son and told him that he had a false bride. She was only a waiting-woman but the true bride was here the so-called goose girl the young prince was charmed with her youth and beauty a great banquet was prepared to which all the courtiers and good friends were bidden the bridegroom sat at the head of the table with the princess on one side and the waiting-woman at the other but she was dazzled and did not recognize the princess in her brilliant apparel when they had eaten and drunk and were all very merry the old king put a riddle to the waiting-woman what does a person deserve who deceives his master? Telling the whole story and ending by asking, What doom does he deserve? The false bride answered, No better than this. He must be put stark naked into a barrel stuck with nails, and be dragged along by two white horses from street to street till he is dead. That is your own doom, said the king, and the judgment shall be carried out. When the sentence was fulfilled, the young prince married his true bride, and they ruled their kingdom together in peace and happiness. End of section 19. Recording by Ginger Cucolo.